I grew up in New Jersey and we refer to the forest as the woods. This is more a story about a woods than a forest, but I'm going to call it a forest. Welcome to OneWord.com's podcast. Each episode revolves around one word. Today's word is forest, which I recently learned is not what everyone calls it. So my apologies to the woods contingency. Three, two, one, go. I never really thought of this, but the word forest is for rest. That's something to ponder as you're sitting in the forest and resting. You can't see the forest for the trees. I don't like this idiom because for the longest time I thought people were saying, you can't see the forest or the trees. The forest itself is probably the original metaphor for everything. When storytellers way back when started using nature as characters and stories. We had a forest in our neighborhood. Me and my brothers would cross the street, cut through the neighbor's yard, and into the forest. And it felt like it was our own special place tucked in our neighborhood, kind of our own magical little place. I remember walking through a forest on a trail in Alaska, and, you know, you're looking around and you see certain things and you think, did I just see that? Sure enough, it was just a guy laying out naked for everyone to see. Forest makes me think of a time I went camping with my friends in Morro Bay, California. And my friend Ben was wearing a Snuggie the entire camping trip and just gliding about the campsite with a full train in tow. And it was very funny. I went to college in Santa Cruz and it was absolutely gorgeous. And basically my campus was in a redwood forest. And I remember regularly walking to class on a trail with a family of deer to my right and chirping birds and butterflies to my left. And I just couldn't even believe that that was my reality. And it just really made me fall in love with nature and the forest specifically. And I became a real tree-hugging hippie. I still am to this day. This message is for whichever park ranger was working last weekend. I came up there camping uh, with two friends for a couple nights. And I am missing about a quarter of an ounce of raspberry kush. I was in a little Ziploc bag with a one-hitter. I wanted to see if anybody had turned that in maybe to the front desk. If so, I'm claiming it. My name's Doug. I, we were wearing Patagonia. You told us to keep it down. I, never mind. I just found it. The forest is so important. We get our oxygen from the forest. We breathe because of the trees. It fuels our brains. And then we chop all the trees down so that we can make paper to write down all the other thoughts that are bombarding our brains. It's kind of crazy, huh? When I think of the word forest, I think of when I moved to Los Angeles, they refer to the woods as forest. And I was taking my son for a hike through the Azusa Canyons, and we were stopped by this park ranger. And I remember thinking, oh boy, what did we do? And he got out of his vehicle 
And he went straight to my son and he said, thank your dad for bringing you to the forest today. And I remember thinking that was really odd. But thinking back on it, my son only has access to forests because I drive him there. Whereas I grew up in a neighborhood in New Jersey where just jump on a BMX bike and you're in the woods. That kind of made me sad for my children that they have to be driven to the forest as opposed to having it in your own backyard. My oldest was convinced that Bigfoot lives in any forest. Now, forest to him could be the woods behind our house. And we're talking a small tract of land like 50 feet from here to Fairfax County Parkway with a bunch of pine trees. But he's convinced Bigfoot lives there. And he tells all the neighbor kids and they go Bigfoot hunting all the time. And they have since they were very young. He's 14 and still convinced that Bigfoot lives somewhere near our house. And it's adorable. And I love that for him. Welcome, everyone, to the Bigfoot Alliance Association annual meet and greet convention. This is a big deal for us. As we all know, being a Bigfoot is a very solitary life. And so I know we're all super excited about the speed dating event uh, later this afternoon. So I'll try to be brief. But first, we must address the Bigfoot in the room, which is that some of you have been getting a little dangerously close to being witnessed. You cannot be witnessed. Just to clarify, number one rule of being Bigfoot, you can't be seen, okay? It's not like the old days. Every All the kids now, they have TikTok. They pull out their smartphone. You could be on the cover of TikTok just like that. I went on a trip to Canada with my family, Vancouver. We were walking around this beautiful forest. And at the time, I was having this fun kind of text exchange with some friends. And somebody had said in the text exchange, well, make sure you water my house plants. And then I took a video of the plants around me. And I was like, guys, things at the house have gotten out of control. And then I just showed the forest around us as though the house plants had become the forest. Amen. We had a cabin in a forest nearby, and one of the main things I remember is because I was a huge Dr. Demento fan, in order to listen to his show, we had to drive out of the forest so that we could hear his show. So if you really want to enjoy the Dr. Demento show, when you're outside in a forest, it's even more demented. One time we were coming home from sledding, and... I tripped and fell in the forest and fell onto some barbed wire and I scratched up my face. And my brothers, they basically shook it off and said, you're fine. And they kept walking. And I was so angry that they weren't concerned about the scratches on my face. So I got home. I said, mom, I fell on barbed wire. She looked at me and said, you look fine. And I was angry that I wasn't getting enough attention for falling into barbed wire. So I went and found a whole bunch of band-aids and I put them all over my face and I had like 10 band-aids covering my face and I showed up at the family dinner table all these band-aids and everyone just rolled their eyes at me. In the mountains of North Carolina was a forest and in this forest Jesse Steele and I ventured. We found swords, we found hidden treasure, we cast spells, We battled beasts, 
for it was our duty to protect the forest, for it was sacred. One summer day, a truck arrived and three men got out of the truck wearing orange vests and white hats and they had chainsaws and they cleared part of the forest into a new road. And when they left, we assembled the fallen twigs and branches into a mighty barricade as tall as our necks. We had a small hidden path that only Jesse and I knew about to get around the barricade, much too narrow for a truck. Late in the summer, we returned, and there was no trace of our barricade. And in its place was a parked white pickup truck and a sign that said, No Trespassing. And reluctantly, yet instantly, we grew up. I really would love to go to Japan because they're known for their incredible forests and the whole culture of forest bathing. Recently, I did forest bathing, which wasn't really what I thought. As we were driving up, we were all talking about how we didn't know what to expect. And I said, I didn't even know what to wear, but I hope it's okay I didn't wear any underwear. And that was okay because, just a side note, you don't actually take a bath when you go forest bathing. No trees were harmed in the making of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I can't believe I even feel this way about a fake forest in a video game, but it is like I'm running around a, a Picasso painting. And the whole time, I am just blown away at how I feel like I'm really in a real forest, and I'm a little kid again, and every tree I see, I want to climb. The Lost Woods, which was an area in a video game called The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. It was on the Super Nintendo, and... Uh, when you start the game, the woods are this beautiful, lush green. And when you go there, the music that plays is fanciful and cheery. Uh, and then about a third of the way through the game, you collect the Master Sword, and the game transforms you into the Dark World. And in the Dark World, the whole color scheme has mutated. And now all the, all the greens that you loved are now this kind of baby shit, rotten avocado color. And the sound is menacing and the game gets harder. And I often like just playing through the first third of the game and then just sort of stopping before that transition happens. Like some sort of metaphor for life and adolescence. Like I don't want to, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to face the baby shit, green, harsh realities of adulthood. Forests are everywhere. There's so many of them, and for the most part, they're pretty affordable, sometimes free, adventure. And I love that they get to be in the same woods and the forest that I grew up in and make forts and play around and all these big adventures. Every day I, I walk outside and I, I see one tree and I'm like, oh my God, this tree is giving me life. But a whole bunch of trees, a forest, Thank you so much to all of our contributors, without whom this wouldn't exist. Allison in Herndon, Virginia. David at Barton Smart Trivia. Kat, Lanny, and Olivia in Los Angeles. Liz in Salt Lake City. Matt in Columbus, Ohio. Boogie in Hellendale, California. 
and Steven with the Spaceship Martini. To be a part of a future episode, go to podcast.oneword.com. Until next time. Hey, Shane, it's David. Uh, me and Kelsey aren't going to make it this weekend. It's not that uh, we didn't want to go camping with you guys. It's just that, honestly, we know Brett's coming, and we know he's bringing his guitar, and I just can't sit around that campfire and listen to him sing Hotel California again. <laughs>